0: Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Today, for you, our podcast listeners, a special treat, a discount subscription to the Weekly Standard. When you're done listening to the podcast, be sure to click the box in the post to get your special discount. With us today, talking about the news being made on the floor of the U.S. Senate by Rand Paul, is editorial assistant at the Weekly Standard, Jim Swift, also a former Senate staffer. Jim, this is the uh, Jimmy Stewart style of filibuster. We haven't seen one of these for a while, have we?
1: Yeah, uh, it's a... it's a Jimmy Stewart-style filibuster um, by a guy who wouldn't want the federal government building a boys' camp, like Jimmy Stewart was pushing <laughs> for. They're calling it the "filiblizzard," Blizzard, uh, even though there's no <laughs> blizzard.
0: Well, it's the closest to the blizzard you guys are going to get after your total panic. By the way, those of us up here in New England were mocking you down in the D.C. area about your prepare for the snow, snow, or whatever you guys are calling it, Snowquester. Yeah. So tell me, uh, what is Senator Rand Paul filibustering about, and what is he accomplishing with it?
1: Sure. Well, this is the, the first, what's known as a standing filibuster. Um, th- there's a lot of debate as to what is an, uh, is a filibuster, is insisting on a cloture vote, a 60-vote threshold to um, limit debate in a mm-hmm. body that, um, you know, since the 1800s has had um, seemingly unlimited debate. Um, a standing filibuster is where you go down to the floor, like you said, Jimmy Stewart style, and you keep talking until you you, really, you can't really talk anymore. And um, what what Rand Paul is filibustering is the nomination of uh, John Brennan to be the director of the CIA. And uh, Paul is unique in that he is uh, in previous nominations uh, voted against cloture and then for the nominee because he generally thinks that presidents should be able to pick um, you know their their political appointees even if he doesn't like them. But what he's filibustering here is um, it has to do with the uh, potential domestic use of drones. And, you know, that was talked about with that crazy LAPD guy, with, you know, drones tracking right. and things like that. Uh, he he had written a letter um, to, to Holder to try and get a clarification on whether or not the administration would find it acceptable to use drones domestically in the United States. And uh, essentially he really hated the answer that Eric Holder gave him, which was, well, maybe. Maybe. Um, <laughs> And uh, so that that's kind of been a, a very clear focus. And, you know, Huey Long and, and other senators who filibustered in the past in this, in this manner have read things like telephone books and recipes and really have focused on random asides. But, right. you know, we're going over three and a half hours now, and Rand Paul, um, who's now being joined by Michael Lee of Utah, the senator. senator so they're tag-teaming. Who, yes. They're, it's it's like, like the old WWF. It's exactly like wrestling. Well, this and, is fantastic.
0: Uh, when, when does a Ricky the Steamboat Get involved. Ricky Steamboat. I forget his name. That's the only wrestler I remember. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, the, the person who holds the floor, in this case Rand Paul, can yield for a question
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, or, or comments to another senator. Um, but, um, you know, that, that, that's the trick is finding a senator who isn't going to burn <laughs> you. And in that case, Michael Lee is, you know, Rand Paul's probably probable best friend at the Senate. Um, so um, it really doesn't have to do as much with the nomination as it does with drone policy. Right. Right. Um, Going forward, you'd asked, um, you know, will this energize the Republican Party? Probably not. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people probably on the, on the right side of the aisle do support domestic use of drones, um, and you know, some some on the left do. I, I think this is more likely to build support for you know the Paul family brand of libertarian slash Republicanism, right. um, and you know, everyone suspects that uh, Senator Paul has aspirations higher than the Senate. So I I don't think it's likely to, you know, be a wind in the sails for the Republicans as much as it is wind in the sails for people of all stripes who would be inclined to agree, as I do with Senator Paul, that using drones Mm -hmm. domestically, um, especially in an offensive capacity, is is, um, very concerning.
0: Uh, Jim Swift, what about the idea that just anybody who's standing up in Washington right now It's inspiring a certain wing of Republicans who feel like that the uh, party is not very good at standing and fighting, that either A, they just cave in, or B, they're so bad at fighting that they get their brains bashed in anyway and they should have left. And here's a guy who is using the rules, showing some smarts, and controlling the conversation, at least for a little while.
1: Yeah, and you know, I, I think it is building some respect, and I, I have friends who are former Democratic Senate staffers and, mm-hmm. you know, left-leaning journalists who, you know, I've seen commenting on Twitter that, they, um, that they're impressed by Senator Paul staying on message and that, you know, he, he is doing it old style. The last mm-hmm. time anyone filibustered like this was uh, Bernie Sanders, who three years ago filibustered the um, tax changes that um, President Obama, well, they're continuation of the same policies. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I think among the, the people who don't think there aren't enough people standing up in Washington... Um, you know, those are the kind of folks who already tend to like Rand Paul. Sure, um, but there are other people who haven't really paid mm-hmm. attention, didn't get involved in the Tea Party or any of that, um, who are sick of the gridlock and don't approve of Congress. Who, who might be uh, mm-hmm. impressed by the fact that you know here he is, um, holding his own ground on, on on the Senate floor.
0: You know, it is disturbing as, as a uh, you know I'm a small government guy. I'm. You know, uncomfortable with uh, with the Patriot, some of the patriarch stuff. But at the same time, I understand that you, if you're dead, all of your liberties go away. So right. I try to find a balance in there somewhere where we can have self-defense. Where we also have due process. When Eric Holder gets asked, so how about it? Using drones on American soil against Americans. And you can't immediately say, of course not. I mean, that is a scary place for us to be, is, but in the era of catering to low-information voters, which is what the era of Obama is and we remembered for, is there any room for that conversation? Is anyone even going to pay attention,
1: Jim? Uh, are, are people going to care about the balance of whether you are pro or anti- I mean, is there middle ground on things like the Patriot Act and things? Is that what you're you're asking?
0: Right, and will they? You know, I think if you took the average person and took time and explained to them, hey, can you imagine the government having the ability to fly a unarmed plane over your house and shoot you because they decided that you were a uh, or bomb you because you are an enemy of the state? They go, oh my god, it's like a movie. That's crazy, but. Is that even going to penetrate? No matter how long Rand Paul talks, because we're in the era of low-information voters who just want to hear Republicans bad, Obama good.
1: Well, you know, I hope so. I mean, I, I'm having worked on the Hill, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm confident uh, in some the ability of some voters to mm-hmm. comprehend the importance of due process, whereas others clearly not. Um, you know, but that's what it boils down to: do, do people care about due process? Right. Um, you know, you start talking about FISA courts and Miranda rights and people's eyes glaze over mm-hmm. but when and he he's used this rhetorical flourish about a hellfire missile um you know that's that that has been his his constant he, he questioned whether or not you know um if a uh, here's the quote are you going to drop a hellfire missile on jane fonda <laughs> you know i'm sure some people you know that that might pique their interest but absolutely um, but you know he, he's trying to put it in a in a way that people can understand and you know, when you play video games, and I'm not blaming video games, but you play these simulated things where you're flying C-130s and blowing up pixels, um, you know, and you haven't served. um, You know, I I haven't, but we don't, we are largely kind of cut off from, you know, the realities of war. And that's what Paul, I think, is trying to, 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 to bring in a, in a pop culture sort of way, I guess, if Jane Fonda's pop culture, um, to, to, to the low-information voters.
0: So uh, Mike Lee and Rand Paul continue the filibuster. If they continue it uh, for uh, more than 24, 25 hours, do they get any kind of Strom Thurmond-esque credit?
1: Yeah, you know, they, they give... Um, ma- Whoever's the majority party, if you serve as the chair of the the Senate, sitting mm. up on uh, the thing for hundred hours, you get a golden gavel. I don't know if you get a golden Strom Thurmond star <laughs> for you know going close to his record, but
0: maybe um, a golden Strom Thurmond baseball bat. I don't know if you happen to know the baseball bat story. No. About uh, uh, Senator John Tower when he was in the Senate, uh, apocryphally had a baseball bat. In one of these Senate meeting, you know, they those they have those meeting rooms off the off the chamber.
1: Yeah, in the rooms.
0: And it was because the fear was that when Strom Thurmond died that part of his anatomy would need the baseball bat so they could beat it down and close the lid of his coffin. That's according to (laughs) Senator John Tower. So I don't know if we'll give him a golden baseball bat or not, but uh, Strom Thurmond's legend certainly lives on. I just wonder if the modern media era allows something like a filibuster because, I mean, let's face it, people want problems solved in a 30-minute episode of a sitcom, not including commercials.
1: Oh, true, and you know it's one of those things where they they actually recently reformed the the filibuster in January of this year, and uh, the Democratic Party at the beginning of each Congress, it's Article One, Section Five, allows the bodies to to make their own rules. And at the beginning of each new Congress, the House, more than the Senate, Mm -hmm. um, does change the rules. The Democrats were trying to eliminate the ability of senators to put what are called holds on pieces of bills, which are kind of like a a written intent to filibuster. Right. Um, to spare the Senate at the time, um, they wanted to limit it only to these standing filibusters. Um, and just as recently um, as today, in roll call, they were talking. There was a an article by, by Niels Losnuski about Senator Durbin, who's the Democratic Whip, and basically he still wants to push for for standing filibusters only. Um, so filibuster reform is not dead, and um, you know I think this this will play a part in. Uh, we may see more of these from. Senator Paul and Senator Lee and, and other folks.
0: Jim Swift, thanks so much for joining us today on the Weekly Standard podcast. Please check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. And don't forget to click the box below for a special discount subscription to the Weekly Standard. I'm your host, Michael Graham.